Hello, Coffee Dots. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara, and oh my gosh, you guys, it's a hostful. It's a host full episode. It's an episode full of your host. It's me, your girl, Kelsey Dara. Hi! I hope you've been having a good holiday weekend. What did you do? Did you celebrate Thanksgiving? I saw a lot of hot topics on Twitter about like, we're not celebrating Thanksgiving anymore because we're not really like celebrating the massacre of entire peoples, but we are like going to change it into just being about celebrating gathering with family, which feels like some sort of bypassing. I didn't do much. Um, I knew that I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to go out of town. I just had a new roommate move in. You guys might remember our good uh, friend of the pod, Florence Bachway, also the host of Come Curious podcast. She's also the host of Love High, which I have guested on. She is basically like the UK version of me in a in in a way. She's a content creator, a podcaster. She works in the industry. Um, she's gorgeous, talented, and so easy to live with. Um, which I think the timing of that all with my breakup with Jared and then her moving to America and like getting her visa, it was just too serendipitous to not be like, mm, okay, this is obviously meant to be. Um, so that's been really fun is having her living here. She was out of town for Thanksgiving. So I knew she was going to be gone. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to be flying home. A couple of my friends were out of town with their families. And I was like, you know, what sounds amazing doing absolutely nothing for Thanksgiving, not having to worry about anything, not having to show up anywhere, not having to cook anything. And so me and Hippo planted our fat behinds right on the couch. And we watched about 700 documentaries this week. I was working all the way up until Wednesday. So Thursday was like a very welcome break. Um, and now it's the weekend, baby. And we're about to rev back up into a working week. However, I do feel like, and tell me if this is like your part of the country does this too. After Thanksgiving, everyone's done. Like we're done for the year. <laughs> no one's putting in maximum effort. No one's like do it. We're all just getting by doing what we have to do to put our hours in to like close out the rest of the year. Um, however, I am not so much doing that this year. I'm not so very lucky to be doing that this year because as the title says, you guys, I'm making a fucking movie and not just like any movie. I've made a movie before. I have made a short film, a scripted short. I made 300 plus videos at BuzzFeed. I made a documentary short that is, we sold to LeBron James's company over the Panini about Soraya. We're seeing what we're doing with that one now that it's all finished finally two years later. I then shot Rehumanize, which was the Marley List story, which was also a friend of the pod. Um, and so I've made movies before, right? They've all usually been self-funded. You guys helped me fund my short scripted film during the Panini after we got robbed of all of our camera equipment. And you guys basically helped me make that for $10,000. It got into a bunch of festivals. Um, 
We had a budget for Soraya, but it was nothing that was like towards me. It was, we like basically made our, like our, our finished version of the movie and then we passed it on and then they add to it and put their spin and their director's take on it. And then with Rehumanize, it was a full length feature doc, but it, it's not as long as a regular movie. This is all industry jargon. Forgive me if this is boring you. But this, what I am officially signed on to direct is the BuzzFeed documentary movie. And I'll let that sink in for a minute because even saying it feels out of this world. It feels like what the fuck out of body moment. Uh, this is like happening where it's with a big studio, big production company. We have big budget attached. We've got um, big talent attached from the BuzzFeed days. And I figured I would like share all of the stuff that you don't get to hear about what it takes to like make a movie. And I'm directing it, which is again, (laughs) insane to say, even though I've directed films, I've directed my last three things, but this is like someone else's money and reputation. It's just crazy. Okay. So where do I begin? Let's go back. We were right. We rewind to May of earlier this year when I was finishing up Rehumanize, the Marley List documentary. And I knew I was going to be in post-production for that for a while because it's a half animated movie, half live action. Um, Basically post-production is after the cameras are off, you know, bringing it into the edit bay, doing effects, doing the whole edit of the movie that's post-production graphics, color, sound, um, you know, and marketing and all that jazz. And I knew I was going to be in post for a while. And I was like, what's my next thing, right? Like what's my next project? Because I've weirdly found my passion and my position in life as a documentary filmmaker, which when I first say it, I'm like, what? That is not like where I thought my life would end, but also in a weird way, it totally makes fucking sense, right? Like we were vlogging all the way 12 years ago, 13 years ago when YouTube kind of became a thing. And then when I was at Buzzfeed, yes, I was making a lot of scripted content, but most of it was unscripted. It was, you know, off the cuff vlogging or, um, a certain format of video And as I shifted into more like social justice work and advocacy work, it it always ended up being something that was unscripted. And I did a lot of stuff around mental health, women's issues. And when I left full time, even in a weird way, doing this podcast has been like documentary work. Like it's been interviewing a subject about something I want people to know more about. And I just want to be a conduit of information that like maybe I sprinkle a little bit of my flair in there, here and there and everywhere there. (laughs) So while it does feel weird, it also, when I like kind of sit back and get rid of my imposter syndrome, it totally makes sense. And I knew I needed another big project. That's kind of the thing about making movies is you always, you gotta, you gotta have your next thing, you know, like you can't spend too much time and be precious about your projects or else you can get really lost in them. And this industry takes forever. So I thought, well, what about a show about the days at Buzzfeed, like the glory days? 
So I put together what's called a pitch, which is basically, you know, however long you're, depending on what kind of thing you're making, that tells you usually like how long the page is. You need to write about what the thing is going to be about. You have to include your log lines, your story arcs. I usually make a lookbook. Um, and I put this pitch together about doing a series, like a limited series. So if you can imagine something on Netflix, you know, like, I don't know, making a murderer or, um, most recently, like Pepsi, where's my jet or, um, stay sweet, pray and obey. Like all of those docs that are series are like mini series, limited series. And I send it to my people and they were like, this is fun. This is great. But like, no one's going to look at this right now. You don't have any awards. Like none of your movies are out which is crazy because y'all I've been sitting on movies that I've made. Like they're just not out to the public yet. We're doing festival seasons with them. And so I totally understand that people were like you coming in as a director while we know all the work you've done, like the, the, the buyers don't know. And the buyers are like studios or productions or production companies or, you know, an, a, a big director or a showrunner or producer. So all my people were like, wait till your awards come out and through and like, wait till your other stuff comes out, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ugh, it's part of the game. It's part of the game playing with your agents. Right. So was sitting on that project, figured, Hey, I should, you know, finish my book and work on some other stuff. You know, I've been taking care of hippo making content and then a little scandal happened and y'all know which one I'm talking about. Little, little, little scandal involving some, some, boys who attempt doing things. <laughs> My dear friends, um, there was a scandal that took over social media about him being a cheater and uh, Twitter was ablaze. Social media was ablaze. TikTok ablaze. Saturday night ablaze. Like people were just talking about not only the subject matter, but they were talking about BuzzFeed because that's where the group originated from. And I started to see what was happening in the social landscape of people were like reliving their nostalgia for the time watching BuzzFeed. And I really do believe there was sort of like this glory days era. And we all know like BuzzFeed's running out of ideas. BuzzFeed stole an idea. Like I've heard all the downfall stuff of it. Like it's boring. They don't get any views. It's all branded content, blah, blah, blah. But there really was this sort of like lightning in a bottle moment. and. I started to see people kind of reminiscing and talking about that and how it shaped culture or internet in general. And so when I saw a couple weeks went by and people were still talking about it, I was like, hey, agents, remember that pitch that I sent you guys? This is the time. Go forth and go out with it and sell it. So they take it, what's called taking it out. And it's like, you know, they take the dog out for a walk. They try to see if anyone wants to buy the dog. That's not what happens when you take a dog on a walk. That was a terrible metaphor. Anyways, um, and a couple other companies, production companies, the ones that make the movies and develop projects, had also seen the buzz about the BuzzFeed. And some of them were starting to develop their own documentaries or docuseries based on the feedback that they also saw the internet was talking about those days. And so... It just so happened that I am repped at an agency at the same agency as a production company that was very interested in developing a show, a movie, something around that sort of era of time. And we met 
and I pitched it to them and it was kind of like a perfect hand in hand marriage because they had already a financier to fund the entire thing. They had all the resources to make it, but I had the access and the actual inside scoop and the stories from my days there. And I feel like we were a perfect fit because I also have a really unique perspective. You know, I worked there from 2015 to 2018, I think is when I left full-time, but I still worked there part-time 2019. And then I was still making stuff for them as a freelancer up until 2021. Um, And I never burned any bridges. I was able to be objective about my time there. And I, I had a, you know, great experience, but I know a lot of people did not and I'm able to see the flaws and I I I wasn't blind to the controversy while I was there and I'm also not just trying to make this like an exposé because also, you know, we did cement our time in internet culture forever. So that was sort of my pitch to them was like, you guys have this part of the puzzle. I have that part of the puzzle. Let's like do this. And it worked. I'll never forget. I was hanging out with um, my ex-boyfriend, Jared, that was in town for Halloween. I talked about that a little briefly on the last po- or two podcasts ago. And my eight, my manager tries to call me and I don't pick up because I'm with Jared and she texts me and is like, call me immediately. And I was like, oh, oh I think I always think I'm in trouble because <laughs> usually I am. I'm usually doing some shit that I wasn't supposed to or posting something and they have feedback or whatever. And she just goes, so how much would you need to make your movie? And I like kind of give her a number and she's like, great, because you're making it. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, campfire which is the production company the studio uh wants you to direct and I was like shut the fuck up and she was like yep and I was like shut the fuck up and I was just like in shock and couldn't believe it and was with Jared so it felt like weirdly serendipitous and special because he had really been there with me through so many career moments so many highs and so many lows and it was just so special to have him there to see kind of this part of my life that, you know, he has been gone from for a few months now. It it just felt really nice to have him see me be like, I'm okay. And I'm doing things and I'm going to be okay. And I'm happy. And like the universe is looking out for me and I'm not gonna lie. I shed a couple tears. I was just so excited because I really do feel like I was meant to make this. It's something that I felt with Soraya, the project with Soraya and the project with Marley, where I was like, I don't think anyone else can make this. Like I need to make this because I have the trust of the subjects and I have the trust of the story. And I think I have a unique perspective to tell. And I love working with people. I love collaborating with people. That's like the thing I've missed the most with the Panini. So I first called, I think my mom, which is so funny because I hadn't even, I hadn't even told them really about this because I've been so busy with the other two movies that I just hadn't even like you know, if I called them for every idea I think up of, I'd be with on the phone with them every single day. So she was like, what? 
what? Like confused, but excited. But like, what is this for your movie? Like which movie? And I was like, no, no, no. I haven't told you about this one yet. And then I called, um, who else did I call? I think I, oh, I called the Guilty Pleasures boys. I FaceTimed them because we, it's so cute. Our like little group chat is so wholesome. Like anytime anything big happens in any of our lives, like professional, personal, mundane, a good picture, something exciting. Like the, the environment is just so tasty and so friendly and so like, juicy and kind and so I FaceTimed them and they were like oh fuck yeah oh shit and like went out to dinner and I just was like I can't I it didn't hit me it didn't hit me for like very many days that I am directing a fucking movie and the reason why this one is different is because Campfire is a legit production studio. Like they won an Emmy last year for doing the docu-series about WeWork with Adam Newman. They also made one of my favorite documentaries of all time, Euro Dreams of Sushi, which is an oldie, but a goodie. I've watched it a thousand times. They also just released the Murdoch uh, docu-series on HBO Max. Like they're heavy hitters. They're the people you want to be in the game with. Also our financier, Alex Lieberman, is like a young with it dude who understands what's happening on the internet and like I think a big problem with a lot of financiers is you're always like trying to convince them like please give us money because this will matter and I think he just got it he's like he he got what I wanted to do he got what the project was about and I think we all had a shared vision of like I could even see like what the thumbnail will look like on whatever streaming platform we sell it to so yeah, it, it really didn't sink in for a while. And then like also ha knowing that I had it, but not being able to like say anything publicly was so hard, which that happens all the time in the industry because the worst thing you could do is get something and then something falls through with like the deal or like, you know, the project doesn't, you know, go through or whatever. They drop it for some reason or it gets stuck in development hell or whatever. But this, I was like, I just feel like I've been manifesting this and it's all going to work out. And I knew as soon as I pitched it that I had nailed it and that it was going to work out. And so I got to sit with the exciting information. I got to bring on two of my friends and former coworkers from BuzzFeed on as my producers, Sam Stryker. You definitely would recognize him if you see his face and he also is like legendary Twitter personnel. Uh, he is queer. He is hysterical. He is a really good storyteller. He made so much viral content when he was at BuzzFeed. And I just knew like if I was going to be able to tell any story from the editorial point of view, it had to be someone like Sam helping me tell it. And then I brought on Ella Milashenko, also known as Ella Hart, Hannah Hart's wife, friend of the pod. Um, and she was just like in the top tier of management and direct confidant, sober girlies. Are you looking to cut back or cut 
without alcohol this year? Come on, join me and Zach on our sober journeys. Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. We've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. That's right, zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. Each can is lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like so many stress balancing adaptogens made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make recess mocktails your drink between drinks or like me, your forever mocktail. I am so obsessed with the ginger lime mule and also the grapefruit paloma for spring. It's my favorite go-to weekend drink. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Now I know what you're thinking, Kelsey, when did you become obsessed with cowboy boots? Well, did you forget that I was raised in Florida? Are you forgetting I'm a little country girl by heart? I even wore my Tacovas recently when I went on a ski trip with my family to Colorado. I wore my white Tacovas when I went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon, uh, might I remind you that Beyonce just dropped her little country album and you're going to need some Tacovas. Tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to hair boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And Tacova's is Western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. And creative at BuzzFeed, like for years, she was one of the first video employees she worked with all the execs, all the sales teams. Like she was just so in the depth of the Buzzfeed days that I knew also that she's a hard fucking worker and she knew shit that would like blow the story out of the water. So it's been so fun to say, if we're going to make this movie, it should be made by the people who were there. You know, I think, the worst thing that could happen is that there is a competing project, a competing documentary about BuzzFeed that another company saw the the heat around the subject and wants to make their own. And it's all speculation or it's all like shitty retelling of like, you know, there's no truth to it, it's it's all specul- speculative. And what we're building with Campfire and Adam's company um, is, or Alex's company is we have the trust of so many people that were there. So we've got 
you know, I think we announced publicly that we have Ben Smith on board, who was the editor in chief at BuzzFeed News. We've got Macy, my good girlfriend, who was head of social media and publishing there. We have Freddie and Jasmine and Curly and some other people that I want to keep secret so that I don't spill all the fucking beans. But it's just been so fun talking to all of these people because everyone feels the same way that like it's time, you know, enough time has passed where it's not like a so distant memory, but it's enough time where we can all kind of we've had time to digest everything that happened there. Everything happened so fucking fast when we were there. Projects, controversy, layoffs, hirings, hookups, culture, like everything was so quick and ever changing and shifting that now that we've all, I think, especially with the Panini gave us all time to reflect and go, oh yeah, like, holy shit, (laughs) we did that. And I'm just so excited to use all of the skills and tools that I have been building up in this industry to finally do something big. And, you know, I think I've, I think back on how long I've been in Los Angeles. And even before that, I was still acting and screenwriting in New York City. Like, I've been doing this my whole freaking life. Even when I was in Auburn, when I like tried to go to school in Alabama, <laughs> do regular four-year university bullshit, I was still like in TV productions. I was still in theater. I was always in the arts because I knew that this was the industry I wanted to work in. And look, there's not a lot of money in documentary filmmaking to be had. I will tell you that. Like, it's not a career to get rich off of, but. I love telling stories. I love passing on information and learning something. I mean, it's the whole reason why I started this podcast right here. And it's been 12 years, almost 13 years. It'll be 13 years next year that I've lived in Los Angeles. And I feel like I have done so much. I've been an author. I've been an influencer. I've been a producer. I've been a writer. I have been a podcaster. I've touched every point of what I feel like the industry can be from in front of the screen to behind. And I think because my personality on the internet has been what it is, you know, my brand, or if you want to call it that, which is so, I'll never get used to it, but like from being a girl who was messy to a girl who was empowered, who drank, who wasn't afraid to talk about sex. Like people have a certain view of me and they don't really get to see me being like a director or like a boss bitch behind the scenes or an executive, like in the room with a bunch of people telling them this is my vision and you should trust me on it because I'm the best person to tell this story. And with that has come a lot of validation getting this project, but also, of course, a lot of fear and um, imposter syndrome in the beginning of like, can I do this? Because being a director, y'all, like a legit director where I have worn so many hats in other directing projects where I knew the budget. I knew it was limited. We were all, you know, playing multiple roles. We were shooting on equipment that we could afford. Um, you know, it was bare minimum budget stuff. Like now these are the big dogs and there's like 
20 people I have to answer to already. They're like, what do you need? Well, you want this? You want this color or this color? Do you want this person or this person? You want this date or that date? How do you want this to look? What do you want this to say? How, what kind of shots? Blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm making so many decisions. And I'm so, so happy that I have people I trust also along the process with me to like help me make those decisions. Um, and I'm learning so much by, you know, partnering with such a big, production company and financier like it's very cool to see how it's made on a large scale like on a legit scale where I feel like if god forbid I don't make a successful career as a creative independently that I could a hundred percent work at one of these companies and make you know something in development or be a producer like I have no doubt that's what I would be doing um, so now is like the fun part, right? We got to release the announcement two or like a week and a half ago. Um, it came out in a big, important, um, newspaper, newspaper. There's no such thing as newspaper, um, news outlet. It's called Variety, which is like the Hollywood news outlet. And it announced me as director, Campfire Producing, Alex Lieberman as financier. And I finally got to like share it with people and say, oh my God, I'm doing this thing. And now's the fun part. Like we've already been shooting stuff. Um, we're already like have a schedule of when we're going to finish and like when it should be out. And like, it's just crazy that that's going to be my life for the next like six months. It's already been my life for the last few months. It's already been stuff that I've been there's, there's so much prep work behind the scenes with this stuff. Like you have to figure out what is even the story? What is even the idea? What is even like the seeds you're trying to plant? And then once you think you have like a direction with the seeds, you have to follow the story. You have to convince people to trust you to tell it. You have to listen a lot. You have to do pre-interviews. You have to, you know, slate out the order of things. There's a lot of strategy involved and, there's so much that happened there. Like the days of BuzzFeed. Oh my God. There's so much. How do you put all of that into a movie? And originally, like I said, I had wanted it to be a series where it would be multiple episodes, but I think the, probably the best thing right now for the project is for it to be a feature. It could very easily turn out that we shoot so much stuff that we're like, we need more time and, and, a, a larger way to tell this story but right now where it's at it feels like a good tight dock um but who knows where it could go and it's it's just like so fun I thrive when I'm busy but like doing something I enjoy doing it doesn't feel like work in a way of course there's days where it feels like work and of course I'm like doing everything I can to manage my pain and like prepare for like prepare my body mentally and like, you know, go to cryotherapy, go do hot uh, sauna and cold plunges, like doing my yoga every single day, scaling back on the coffee, taking my vitamins, getting enough sunshine. And like, that's why Thanksgiving felt like, I don't care if I miss Thanksgiving. I just want to freaking rest today and like prepare myself. And even my astrologer said in the next couple months, I was going to be hermiting, which it could never be me years ago but now I'm like oh 100% I want to 
hunker down and like build something. And I had even shared this with someone the other day. I can't recall who, but I had said something about like Jared really was like my big wonderlust love where I wanted to travel and go see things with him and make memories and and expand my my knowledge of culture around the world and and do it with someone I loved and like he was really this big safety security blanket with my travel anxiety and my fear of airplanes. And I just felt like the whole time we were together, I was always on a plane hopping around somewhere doing something in another country. I was always ready to escape. And for a while he was a really good travel partner towards the end. Not so much, but I don't want that right now. I want to be here. I want to put my roots down. I want to work. I want to build something. I want to be so in the thick of a project that like I want to eat, sleep, breathe it. And then also create time for myself. Still like find that gorgeous balance. Also Leonidas is in the background. He is shaved. He looks a little cuckoo, Um, but he's just exploring and we're going to allow him to do so. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's, kind of what I've been working on and how I'm taking care of myself is obviously going to therapy. Um, I mentioned hot, uh, and cold therapy, which is cold plunging in 38 to 46 degree water and then saunaing in 155 degrees hot sauna. Um, there's like a studio that does that. And I feel like anywhere in the world, if you like Google wellness studio near you, it's so good for regulating your nervous system. Like, it's all about learning how to self-soothe essentially, right? Because when you're in this freezing water, you go into fight or flight. And the first time I did it, I lasted 15 seconds and freaked out and was like, I can't do this. And then I was so mad at myself and I trained. I literally trained myself to be able to sit in freezing cold water for three minutes and like dunk myself under. And it's all about the breath as well. So focusing on your breath when you're in that state is helps you to get out of your mind and into your presence and like into your physical body. And I feel like I so often want to escape my body because of chronic pain that this type of therapy has been really helpful for giving me like an empowering tool um, that is like the breath and presence. And so even today I went and did cryotherapy where you get like negative 180 or some shit. (laughs) And I'm on like the intermediate level, uh, training myself with that. And it just feels so good. Like when I went in, I was a little stiff. I had some sore spots. And after I got out, you're just on such an endorphin high that like, uh, it's, it lasts throughout the day. It's orgasmic truly. Um, And, you know, I've been honoring my feelings. I feel like I've had a lot of feelings come up with, you know, being single and like my breakup with Jared, where when he came back into town, it kind of like, I don't want to say threw me off. It was very affirming and validating, but it definitely stirred up some feelings. It like made my feet kick the sand underwater you know, like the stingray shuffle. I was like, looking out for stingrays, but all this shit got stirred up. And just noticing when I feel sad or um, notice knowing that like my relationship with him isn't the same. So even when I want to text or call him something like just because 
you know, it's something that I know he would like or appreciate that I shouldn't expect him to respond in the same way that he would normally or even answer me for all I know. Um, and knowing that, like, what am I trying to do with that connection? Am I just looking for a dopamine hit to, like, see his name pop up? Or am I honoring my sadness or desire for um, communication with him? And, like, how do I really feel that feeling? Um, and, like, I learned something really helpful this week on TikTok, funny enough. I learned about, I think it's called body doubling with ADHD, where I never understood why when I was with Jared, I always felt better about working when he was around. And I always thought in my head, I was like, this is so weird. I just kind of want him to sit next to me. Like even if we were in bed or like at a hotel or sitting by the pool or like at a coffee shop, I just wanted him to be near me so I could work. And I originally I was like, do I need this? Because I need someone that I need someone around to see that I'm actually working and then I found out it's an ADHD thing where just the presence of another body, so a body doubling, puts in my mind some form of accountability. I'm not asking him to check in on me or to to say, hey, can you like make sure I get this thing done? No, it's just having another human being in the present makes, makes me feel more productive. And holy fuck, what a revelation, because I thought I was the only person in the world that felt this way. And then seeing all these TikToks about it, I was like, oh, my God, this is a fucking thing. Like, holy shit, I want a body double all the time. And, you know, even last week we were outlining some stuff for the movie and Sam and Ella came over and we were working together, but we worked in silence for like four hours and we got so much done. But it was genuinely just, I think, us body doubling each other. And we'd chime in here and there and laugh and say things and like, oh, we remember this, blah, blah, blah. But like, really, we just banged out so much work. And so now that I know that, I'm like, oh, my God, that's how I take care of myself. On the days where I don't want to do work or I feel really lazy or uninspired, I'm just going to get with a pal, go to a coffee shop, and sit or, like, invite someone over to work in the office with me. And so that's been really helpful. Um, so that's been how I've been taking care of myself. Um, wow. I just like kind of snapped to and realized how long I'd been talking for. I was like, this is going to be a short episode, but no, we gave you a full dose of info and kind of like a little update on me. <laughs> um, if you want to know how dating's going, loady, loady, I'm going to have to do a whole episode on kinks because there's no way I can open this Pandora's box right now. Let's just say things are going really well. <laughs> I'm feeling really good. Um, I'm being mindful of not trying to find any distractions right now. I'm being mindful of like my energy and protecting that energy because I have such a big project on my plate. I am like being aware of when I can't give someone the attention that they want. Um, even if that comes in the form of like digital communication or physical dates or whatever, I'm just being very mindful and it doesn't have to be mean. It just has to be honest. And so I feel like I've been doing a good job of saying like, hey, I can't always be there to listen right now or to emotionally regulate with you. But here's what I can do. And like trying to follow up on scheduling things and trying not to cancel last minute. That's like my biggest thing is I'm such an Irish exeter in terms of like, 
not ghosting people, but like, I really do think I want to do something until the moment comes. And then I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> what is that about you guys? Um, yeah, that's dating. Hippo's doing well. He went to the dermatologist, the specialty doctor. He's on a bunch of new meds. He got his little allergy tests. Um, and I'm really excited to have his first Christmas. I also got a new tattoo on my hand. There it is. Um, if you're not watching this on Kelsey, youtube.com slash Kelsey Dara, they just got a glimpsey glimpse and you didn't, sorry. Um, yeah. And I, I want to take Hippo to see snow for Christmas. I don't think he's ever seen snow before. And I love doing like first time things with him. I took him to cryotherapy today to like sit in the room while I did it. And he was fascinated by the freezing cold air and smoke coming out of the, the little tube you stand in. And I was like, I think our boy might be a little cold boy, even though he's pretty much naked and would probably freeze to death. So I'm going to have to give him a lot of sweaters. Anyway, okay, confidants. That's the update. Oh my God. What a like monumental motherfucking moment. So tell me, what do you want to see in the BuzzFeed movie? What, like, what subject matter? What do you want to hear about? Like, what, what should I be on the lookout for? What stories do you want to hear? Who do you want me to interview? Tell me, tell me. You guys are like my little secret research weapon here, you and I, confidants. Um, okay, so that's it for this week. Don't forget you can rate this five stars on iTunes. It really helps us get seen. If you're not going to rate it five stars, please don't rate it anything at all because I'm sensitive. Hey, if you want something for the holidays, you can get someone my book. Don't fucking panic. And some sensitive merch. I also have I'm a sensitive tattooed on my hand. And I really love the sweatshirts. And we also have beanies. So if you live in the cold weather, or even if you don't, it's just stylish. You and those Gen Zers be wearing beanies at all hours. Um, we also have a mug that says coffee gives me anxiety. It is a hollow mug. It's very cute, very aesthetic. Um, but I think the book in general is always a good holiday gift to give someone, especially for that person where you're like, yeah, I don't just want to give them another like self-help book. This one's a little bit more than just self-help. This is self-hello. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. All right, confidants. I will see you next week. I'm so excited to hear what you think about this new update. And I hope you had a fantastic holiday weekend and get right back into it. Find your passions this week. Find that energy. Okay, kisses. Love you. Bye.